to know who you are and what you're looking for and then try to align these two things together so know yourself and know your goals best ever listeners you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues are you ready to get more leads well how about we do all this for free yeah sure free well it starts out with a free strategy session with dan barrett you recognize his name episode 565 titled google adwords and cutting edge strategies He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask them about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. How you doing? Hemanchu Jin. Hey, Joe. Good. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. Nice to have you on the show a little bit about Himanchu. He is the founder and CEO of Invest with Himanchu. And he started investing in real estate by buying both a condo and a 20-unit apartment complex. Specializes in single-family and multifamily properties, REOs, and rehab and flips based in St. Louis, Missouri. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Sure. So I'm an IT professional by trade, and I've been running an IT consulting company since 2004. Having said that, I mean, I've been mostly working like an independent. So my focus or my reason for getting into real estate was I was looking for a mechanism or an option which would give me a lot of flexibility. To me, independence is very critical and important. So I was looking for something that would give me a lot of independence, something that would give me passive income and would give me the ability to live and travel and do things at my own terms and also to build some kind of a retirement wealth, something that I could live off later on. So those are some of the focuses which kind of pushed me into real estate. And I started in 2012, as you just mentioned, I bought a multifamily, which is a 20 unit, and I bought some condominiums in Chicago area at that point of time. 
and the focus is I'm more of a buy and hold kind of an investor looking to build a portfolio of properties, maybe around 200 over a period of three to five years going forward. Your first transaction was multiple transactions, a 20 unit and some condos in Chicago. So you bought a 20 unit where you live and you bought condos. What period of time? Is that like the same week or over a couple months you bought the 20 unit, then some condos? I think it's over a period of maybe a few months, I would say. I've been investigating or I've been looking at options for from a passive income perspective. And I've been studying on real estate since 2011, so almost for a one and a half years. I kind of didn't have the guts to get into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just keep reading books, listening to podcasts and things like that. So finally made up my decision to go and invest in multifamily. And my reason for multifamily was more so because of economies of scale. And I think to me, it was a more safe investment compared to a single family homes. Reason being, if you have one or two single family homes, if one is vacant, then you are responsible. So it's basically net cash going out of your pocket. And I was looking for something that can sustain itself. So that's the reason I was looking for multifamily units at that point. How passive has the 20-unit property been since you've owned it for about five years? Yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> uh, having said that, I started looking for passive investments, but I think once I got into real estate, I really started enjoying it. So initially, I had a property manager who was managing it. And since I travel quite a lot for my job, so that was the another reason where I had to rely on somebody, somebody who had done this before. So there were two things. One, I was looking for somebody who had more experience than me in terms of managing the properties and also somebody who could uh, manage it when I was out. So initially, I think it made sense for me to have a property manager. I had him manage it for a year and a half. But after that, I think I got comfortable with the property. I knew what to do and I kind of was okay to manage it on my own. And what I have done over the period of time over the last three, four years is I have kind of focused on doing a value add to the property. So I've upgraded the units. I've added washer and dry, for example, in all the units. I've upgraded the floors and I've upgraded wherever the deferred maintenance was. I've tried to fix it up and made it more of a maintenance-free now in a way. And I've also focused on improving the kind of tenants I'm bringing in. So I have raised the rents. So I've done a lot of things to kind of improve the value of the property over these years. Usually, I can speak for myself. If I bought a property and I didn't know what I was doing, and then after the fact, if I would have thought about a value-add deal, it would have been very challenging because I didn't have the capital allocated for that project to add the value. And it sounds like you didn't buy that property, the 20-unit, thinking you were going to do these renovations and adding the value like you're doing, but now you've decided to do it. How did you identify that you needed to change your plan And then how much additional capital did you have to bring post-closing to do those renovations? As I said, I was not living off this money that was coming off this property. 
So basically what I did is whatever money I was making through the property, I kind of funneled it back into the property. The intent was again to make it a better property over the long period of time. So whatever I was making through this property, I was just funneling back. So as and when any unit became available, I upgraded it. So that was the reasoning behind it so that I could now, once I've upgraded it, I can ask a better rent on it. And then it will also ensure that I don't need too much of maintenance on it going forward. So it will reduce my maintenance cost and then it will have a better tenancy and then it will also have a better rents. I believe you said you're a buy and hold investor because I wrote that down. You're intending on holding this for the long run? Yes, I am. Okay. How'd you buy it? What type of financing, if any, did you use? This was like a typical commercial real estate. When I say commercial, it means apartment buildings. So I had to put in 20% down and then the rest was financed by the bank. What was the purchase price? I think we were somewhere around 900. 900K and you put 20% down. Are you planning on doing a refinance to then take money back out of the property once you get the refinance done? Yes, and I've already done that and now I'm investing in other properties. Ah, cool. So you put about $180,000 down initially, bought it for nine hundred. You've already done the refinance. What did it appraise for when you did the refinance? I think it was around 1.1 something. Okay, cool. And had you completed all of the 20-unit renovation? Or if not, what percentage done were you when you did the refinance? There's some tenants who have been there for long term. So those are the ones which I have not been able to upgrade. I think 70% of that has been upgraded. Cool. So you upgraded 70% and then you got an appraisal. It appraised for $200,000 more than what you bought it for. Do you know how much you spent on renovations for that 70% that you had already put in? These are all rough numbers. I'm thinking I'm just putting in easily somewhere around 6K into each unit. Mm-hmm. over a period of time. Again, it might be a little more on some and less on some, but somewhere in that range, 5K to 6K each unit, I would say. So that's about 14 units times $6,000. That's 84000 It does surprise me that your valuation wasn't greater than 1.1 because you put in roughly $84,000 and with the magic of cap rates, I would think that your valuation would be more than 1.1. What are your thoughts on that? It should have been, but I think over a period of time, now the cap rates have gone low. I bought the property at a cap rate of around uh, 7 or 8 something. Now I think the cap rates are a little lower, so you cannot get a more out of it at this point of time. And with the refinance proceeds... How much did you get out? Basically, your original money that you put in? Yeah, and again, as I said, I was not very keen on getting it appraised too high as well. I'm more conservative. Uh, Mm -hmm. I still want a lot of equity in the property. So having said that, I mean, my focus was more just to get enough out so that I could reinvest it. And then I'm sure it could have got appraised for higher value, but I was not too aggressive about it. I think I was more conservative on it to get it appraised to a reasonable number 
so that I can at least pull what I've put into it and then use that money to buy another property. Basically, you got your money out of it that you put into it. And what period of time was that? I think that I did sometime last year. Sometime last year, so 2016, so about four years or so? I would say three to four years. Three to four years, okay. Three to four years, and now you have a 20-unit property that you have no out-of-pocket money in, assuming we're not counting the potential profits you could have made that you reinvested back in the property, which are still in the property. But as far as out-of-pocket money goes, you took that 180 k plus or minus last year, and what'd you do with it? I think I bought eight units and I'm looking to buy more right now. So I'm looking at a 10-unit property and I'm looking at another 14 units. So I'm kind of looking at properties. I'm just looking at the right property. I did purchase some and then I'm looking to buy more. So you bought an eight-unit and you're looking to buy more, right? Okay. Is that eight-unit in the same area in St. Louis? Not exactly, but kind of, I would say. But I mean, again, my focus is only, I'm looking at only in certain areas within St. Louis. I'm looking at areas where I'm comfortable managing them on my own. So it's one of the, I would say, somewhere around C to B, if you will, that kind of an area. And what are some lessons you've learned managing the 20 unit and now the 8 unit? You always have to factor in for contingency. You do run into contingencies. That's one good lesson I've learned. And I ran into, in the 20 unit, I ran into some issues with the gas lines. So I had to redo all of that in one or two units, and that happened kind of abruptly. So you need to make sure that you have enough in reserves to take care of any contingencies that you would run into. So that's one lesson learned. I've always done that, but that's one thing. It's good that I had it. If I didn't have that kind of money, I would have been in problems. So contingency should always be there. That's one lesson I would say. The second I would say is even if you're using a property manager, I think you have to be visiting the property. You have to make sure you are personally going and looking at things and making sure that the property manager is doing the right thing and they are trying to keep the property up to date. I think that was one of the reasons why I had to let the guy go because he was not managing it properly and maintaining it properly. So there was some maintenance which was deferred. And maybe the guy, I think he was just starting in business at that point of time when I gave him the 20 units. And maybe suddenly he had like 80 properties or 100 properties that he was trying to manage and he was struggling. Maybe that would be the reason. But the property deteriorated at that point of time. So I had to step in and make sure that I revived it and salvaged the situation. So you need to have a good property manager. But having a property manager doesn't mean that you're not involved. So you're not that passive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you need to be involved. I think that's the lesson learned, um, and I would say for me. As far as the contingency goes and making sure we have proper contingency budget allocated and the gas line example that you just mentioned, how much specifically do you allocate per project or per unit or however you budget for it when you run the numbers? 
depending on the property and what type of a property it is, my take is at least I should have enough if I have to deal with any situation. Say, for example, if I have to deal with changing an air conditioning unit or HVAC system on two of the units at the same time, I am in the position to do that. So may easily, I would say somewhere around 6 to 10K for 20 units, I'm saying, you know, from my perspective. I would say that would be around, if you look at the annual rents, it would be somewhere around 5% or less. Why are you focusing on 8 to 10 units since you've already bought a 20 unit? And I'm curious, not because I'm saying that's good or bad, I'm just curious because usually people tend to go higher and higher in unit counts and I find it very interesting that you're doing the reverse. I think it's two reasons I would say. One is the area that I'm looking in, there are not lot of properties which are 20 plus units. So most of these are either fourplex duplexes and packages of duplexes. So that's one reason that at least I'm not able to find. I am looking for bigger properties. The other reason I would say is going to be if you go bigger, if I like I'm looking at some properties which could be 40 units or more, the numbers at times doesn't work out or it doesn't work out for me because of the cost of the property itself. And the 20% that I need to put in is more. So these could be anywhere between 1.9 to 2 plus million. Then I need to put in somewhere around 400K into the property. And that means I need to have that kind of money. I'm looking at what I can do at this point of time and not putting in too much of my money into this for now. But my intent, as I said, is I am at some point of time would be looking at buying bigger units. Ideally, that would be my intent too, if I could get bigger units or number of more number of units, but it's just getting the right property. So I haven't seen anything come across. I know there was one property I was looking at, which was 24 units and that was around a million. So something like that is, yeah, I would be interested, but I don't see that many coming on the market. What program do you use to manage the 20 units and now the 8 units? So you got 28 units plus, and sorry for asking you two questions at once, but do you also self-manage the condos in Chicago? Yes, I do. Wow. Okay. I've bought other single families also and some other condos. So again, I think I'm kind of going with the multiple strategy here, as I said. So I'm looking at both multifamily and single family homes. So the single family and condos, I'm adding more from a diversification perspective. So in case if I need to pull some money out or at some point of time, I do have some options. So that's some things that I can sell. So maybe more on the appreciation side. So, you know, that's the kind of strategy I'm using right now. So mix of both multifamily and single family homes. So for more for diversification and appreciation on the single families and cash flow on the multifamily. And how do you manage those? Do you use a certain software program? Yes, I do. So I use Buildium. So that's where I'm managing all these properties. Why did you pick Buildium? I think the cost model for one. And then now it's more of just because I'm using it. I don't want to move everything out of it. It's a headache and a hassle. And they are adding some cool functionality over a period of time. So now I could run my 
profit and loss statement through Buildium and everything, buy properties. So I'm sure a lot of other tools can do the same, but I think it works fine for me and all my tenants pay rent online now. So I've automated a lot of these processes using the tool. So I like the tool for that purpose and for that reason. I've heard of Buildium, but I haven't used it. So they can pay rent through the Buildium platform? Basically what happens is the tenants portal, the tenants can basically go online. They can pay rent through credit card. They can pay rent through e-checks. So there are a couple of various different options, the way they can pay rents. So that's one. And then the second is they can request for any maintenance and all that through the portal itself. Plus, they can look at their statements. They can look at what they're paid, all that. So they have a lot of uh, visibility to, in terms of their account. And how much do you pay for that every month? I think it's an annual and it is by the number of units you have. I think in simple terms, I would say it's $1 per month for per door. Mm. So it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, that is very reasonable. That's for sure. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think my best advice would be to know who you are and what you're looking for and then try to align these two things together. So know yourself and know your goals. Like for my example, I was looking for more to be a passive investor and I was looking for something which will help me for a long term, build wealth over a period of time and then something which kind of helps my lifestyle. So I think real estate gives you a lot of options to do what you need to do. So the key thing for anybody is to know who they are and what they're looking for and then try and to come up with a strategy that works for you because there could be so many people are doing so many different things, but those might not be for you. Like I'm not the guy who would wholesale or who's going to look for properties all around. So I would rather buy multifamily, manage bigger properties so that there's more value for the time and effort that I'm putting in. So just, trying to find what works for you and then just sticking to it for the long run. I completely agree. We can make money in any type of real estate investing. It's just a matter of, as you said, who are we knowing ourselves and what we're looking for and then determining what's the right approach and then modeling others and then learn on our own through the mistakes that we make along the way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. <laughs> okay. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Are you looking to boost your investment returns? Then MC Laubscher has a unique strategy to maximize the use of every dollar. If you're interested to learn more about infinite banking, you can request your free copy of Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash from MC. Just email MC at info at cashflowninja.com. That's I-N-F-O at cashflowninja.com. What is the best ever book you've read? Other than Rich Dad Poor Dad, I would say The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. It's a nice book. And I think that book helped me in terms of kind of keeping the focus, 
and trying to find what I am, what I'm looking for through the real estate and just trying to figure that out. So it's a good book to start with and figuring out what you really want to do. So I think a combination of those two books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? That I think I would say is taking things as they come, you know, doing things one day at a time. And again, this comes from my personal experience, not from a real estate perspective. As I said, when I bought my condos in Chicago, the reason we were going to Chicago was my kids were learning dance. It's an Indian classical dance and we were traveling to Chicago every other weekend. So that's where I started looking for an option, staying in Chicago and maybe setting up a vacation rental. So four or five years, we did that. So, you know, it kind of got hectic, but we just stick to the plan. We planned something out and we said, we're just going to stick to it. And we were able to finish it in 2016 last year. So we just took one day at a time. Things probably do get negative at times. So don't get bogged down by the negativity around you. Just keep focused. Just keep huddling through it, hustling through it, and you get it through. (laughs) (laughs) So just one day at a time. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. As long as we don't quit, right? Yes. (laughs) What is the best ever deal you've done so far? I think I have bought a townhome from a wholesaler. Almost paid 40% of the value. So that I think was a good deal. So I just kind of it had hardly anything to do on it. Somebody was looking to close it quick and I was able to quick pretty quick on that in cash. So that I would say was a good deal. What was the purchase price? I paid around 45K for something which was 49 or something, which was for around 110, 120. Mm. Have you done a loan on it and got your money back out? No. Again, as I said, I'm a guy who is conservative Mm -hmm. and my portfolio, I'm looking at some fully paid off properties, a combination of things. Got it. This is one of the things where there'll be few which will be paid off. This is one of them. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I think sharing the experiences with other investors or people who are trying to get into real estate, I enjoy that talking to people and motivating them, helping them get into real estate. I think it's a great way to build wealth over a period of time. And I'm a strong believer of that. So I try and influence my friends and whosoever comes along uh, in whatever way I can for them to invest in it. Yeah. What would be a mistake you've made on a deal? I've made mistakes. I've made (laughs) a lot of mistakes. I wouldn't say a lot, but I've made a few mistakes one that stands out, and I'm not sure if it's really like investing in condominiums. So condominiums are managed and run by the association, the homeowners associations. So you could run into a lot of issues if you're investing in a property, which is say a very small number of units and the homeowners association is too picky about things. So like in my case, I invested a property in in Naperville area, which is a condo that we bought in 2013. And it's a nice property. We were personally attached to the property because it's by the side of a pond and all that. It's a very nice view. And when we bought it, I bought it through the auction process and we tried to rent it out. We were told we cannot rent it. So we ended up using the property anyway 
and later on last year once we were done with the traveling to chicago i reached out to the association they were allowing other people to rent it as can i rent it out and they said yes so it was a verbal communication that happened and once i rented it out once the tenant moved in they came back with all these written letters and all that saying that you cannot rent it out the rentals are only allowed for one or two units in the property which were rented out at the time when they were bought so this time because i was in a dire situation because the tenant has already moved in so what i did is i went out and i looked at the association documents and fortunately i found that they had not registered all the amendments with the county so they did not have a right to stop me from leasing it out so i had to hire an attorney and then we were able to address that and they had to let me release it out so lesson learned is look at the association documents and see what is there at the county and don't take it by the face value or whatever the association says because many a time these associations i think they are on the power trip so the ego trip or power trip they really do not follow the rules themselves but they expect everybody else to follow the rules hmm. so i would have been better off if i had looked into this situation before because i could have leased it out long time back and i would not have been holding it unnecessarily in a way how did you know those documents had to be registered with the county maybe everyone knows that i wouldn't think of that because i was in a situation where i had to try and figure it out now what do i do because the tenant is already there they are saying i need to move the tenant out it was a bad situation for me for the tenant and i started investigating into it and i looked at the association bylaws and in the bylaws it stated that they could do it based on whatever has been registered at the county or something somewhere that statement was there so i looked at the county side and i found that only thing registered there was the initial bylaws and nothing after that so just hired the attorney and he kind of confirmed it and that's how we were able to handle it now it's the other thing that they changed the policy now they had gone through the proper process and now they have made an amendments to the bylaws at the county so they're not allowing any leasing after june of this year but that's fine i mean at least it allowed me to get through this and then as of whenever that takes place the new bylaws then do you have to move the tenant out or can the lease expire and then you move them out how does that work so i have to make sure they move out by the end of june and then either i keep the property and use it mm-hmm. or i sell it thank you for sharing that lesson and the story no, that's great i mean it, you know those are the learnings but so there's always something or the other <laughs> <laughs> where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you Uh, the best place is i can go to my website investwithhimanshu.com and that's invest with h i m a n s h u.com and best ever listeners that will be in the show notes page of this episode himanshu thank you for being on the show and talking about how your investing career has evolved and progressed over the years from the 20 unit and the condos that you bought almost simultaneously within a couple months of each other and the 20 unit that originally was going to be passive but then you got more involved booted the property manager started managing it yourself created a value add 
with that deal by putting in washers and dryers and doing the floors and renovating the units and improving the tenant base, then getting it appraised, got a new loan on it, and got original money back out, then bought an eight unit. And the lessons learned all along the way with the programs that you use like Buildium and the HOA boards that you've got to sometimes stand up to and take a deep dive in the association documents and if they've been registered with the county. So lots of lessons. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jared. I think it's a wonderful that podcast that you have. I think it's a lot of lessons that I've picked up from there. So thanks a lot. Well, thank you for contributing. Thanks. Are you looking to boost your investment returns? Then MC Laubscher has a unique strategy to maximize the use of every dollar. If you're interested to learn more about infinite banking, you can request your free copy of Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash from MC. Just email MC at info at cashflowninja.com. That's I-N-F-O at cashflowninja.com.